gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello, and welcome to the Town and Limb Podcast, the only podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I'm your host, Adam Hess, and with me, as always, is Mike DJ Cutmaster Regan. Mike DJ Cutmaster Regan. How are you doing today? Fantastic. I feel like, yeah, I say it all the time. Yeah, I think you say that at every podcast, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll probably touch on it later, but I did that thing where I kept saying something like multiple weeks in a row, and then finally it happened. So I can sound like I was right. I kept like how many weeks in a row I've been like, you know, Jacks lose this one. The AFC South is wide open. And they finally won one or finally lost one where now three teams are at eight and six. I was trying to figure out if this was going to be uh, the Bills ran the ball take. No, but we'll talk about that later as well. So stay tuned, everybody. Well, we are the Talent Alone podcast. We come to you every Monday and Thursday to talk about football and on Saturdays talk about basketball and hockey. As it is Monday, what we're going to be doing is we're going to go through and review the week that was for week 15. And uh, you know what? Before we get there, Mike, it's officially mock draft season. Figured just off the top of the show here, knock out a, a quick 10-person mock draft. See what you thought of my, my mock draft I did here? Yeah, sure. I pulled up the Tankathon mock draft to see if you were just lame and followed what they said. I'd say, yeah, you could just read it off. That's what I did. Yeah. Um, so I used a hyper-futuristic, super-insane mock draft simulator. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Google Docs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my, my thesis here is, Mike, you, you, you watched a couple of college f- football games this year, yeah? I watched a lot of them. I watched about one and a half, uh, and uh, I guess three and a half, but two of those were in a bar. So really... You are the college football expert when it comes to draft time. Yes. You're basically Bill Simmons. I'm basically Bill Simmons. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my, my mock draft just went Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, that kid from LSU, Michael Penix Jr. Just, you know, what I think yeah. is going to happen on draft day. Um, so I went through and I, I made a draft here. Mainly, the reason I want to do this is because there's 100% going to be trades at the top of this draft. I mean, I, I don't know in a given year if you have a higher guarantee that the number one overall pick is going to get traded than this year. You think so? It's going to, so here's, here are the picks that are like, gonna, are almost definitely going to get traded, right? If the Bears keep their pick at one and take a quarterback, I bet you three gets traded. If the Bears trade out of their pick at one and don't take a quarterback, I bet you three gets traded. If the Bears stay pat on their pick, and don't take a quarterback, I bet you four, five, and six all get traded. Like, I think that we're just going to see a lot of movement at the top of this draft. Because I think there's a lot of people that are in on the top two quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. and then everyone that has a quarterback is in at number three to get Marvin Harrison Jr. And so whatever the Bears fucking do here is going to mess some stuff up. Yeah, I I think the only trade we could possibly see is for the number one spot, but that's just my opinion. You don't think the Patriots are going to trade out, too? No. I know, man. That Bailey Zappi. Let Bailey cook. I've been saying that for years. Really? <laughs> I, just, I don't have recollection of these takes, but I'll... I'll That's because we didn't have a podcast two years ago when he got drafted. When I was saying, that Bailey Zappi out of... Is gonna, he's the future AFC Drew Brees. I do remember. That's when you were writing for the New York Times. He used to bring it up a lot. New York Post. Plus, Why can't you remember this? New York Post. Oh, yes. The more credible of the two. <laughs> yes. 
I was writing Mad Magazine's mock drafts. Mm. Um, all right, you ready? You ready to kick this off, Mike? Yeah, hit you ready me. Ready to get going? All right. So at number one, wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I started. I started this one off off a little hot, Mike, with a uh, a trade at number one, okay. with the Giants trading up from eight to one, giving up their first and second rounders this year. Their first and second rounders next year, which is notably that's the Bryce Young package. Plus they traded DJ Moore. So just for the the sake of you know perfect balance, mm-hmm. I have the Giants trading Jalen Hyatt in this deal. So in back to back years, the Bears trade out of one to get two first, two seconds, and a receiver. All right. And the Giants with that pick take Joe Alt at number one. No, I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> they take Caleb Williams at one. I was like, they could give up less capital if they needed to to move up a couple more spots. Not, Jesus, so you think they're just going to have the most expensive backup in the league? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Tommy DeVito's going to be out doing mob hits to help play for that uh, that price tag. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know how likely that is, but... Yeah, I agree. If Tommy DeVito's not making his own bet, I doubt he's going to no. go kill someone. No, I just I, I gotta think the Giants are going to talk themselves and to make the rest of the team better and Daniel Jones will work. I but. couldn't see anyone else in the top 10 that I think is making that move up. Like at that price tag. So right Not now. the Falcons at number 10? The Falcons at number 10. Well, the Falcons are at 11. Not so. according to Tankathon right now. Interesting. Yeah, so the, the top 10 draft order that I had going into this mm-hmm. was Carolina, um, which is the Bears. So mm-hmm. Bears, Patriots, Cardinals, Commanders, Chargers, Bears. Uh, Jets, Giants, Titans, Raiders. Oh yeah, that's much different. Interesting. Yeah, okay. the Tankathon is the Bears at five. Then Jets, Giants, Chargers, Titans, Falcons. Well, okay, we'll, 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 go we'll go with, with what you got. But... We go, we'll go with what I got because I'm not about to fucking change my Google Doc on the fly yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So, Giants trade up to one, giving up a first rounder and a second rounder this year. First rounder and a second rounder next year. Jalen Hyatt and take Caleb Williams number one overall. You, you can even say they sit him behind. Uh, they sit him behind Daniel Jones to learn how the game works. That'd be a travesty. <laughs> be learning from the wrong guy. Unless the directions were watch him and write down whatever the opposite thing is, then do that. All right, at number two, I have the Patriots just going chalk taking Drake May. I assume they're going to sit him third on the depth chart to learn from both Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Yeah, I feel like that's the most locked in pick. Like it'll take like the unless they decide to move up to one, or if Drake May goes one or something. I feel like that's the most locked in pick. Number three. I actually have another trade. Wow. I have the Chargers jumping up to number three, doing a pick swap for their first, as well as trading their second this year and their twenty twenty four fifth rounder that they're currently getting from Seattle mm-hmm. to move up the three spots, two spots on, on this draft to take Marvin Harrison Jr., the eventual replacement for old man Keenan Allen. Okay. You've been really big on this Chargers get Marvin Harrison Jr. train. Listen, in the top 10, far and away, the best quarterback is Justin Herbert. And as long as they have Justin Herbert, they're not getting a lot of top 10 picks. Yeah. 
use this opportunity to get a game-changing player. That's what, that's uh-huh. my thought on it. I mean, and maybe you have a different definition of who the game-changing player is. Maybe you think they should stick at five and just get, like, Malik Neighbors. Yeah, I love me some Malik Neighbors. Like, I, I feel like if you can save the draft capital and get a Malik, that's not a bad trade-off. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to, like, day one be an impact player at receiver, in my opinion. So it, it wouldn't be a... Depending on the price tag, I don't think it would be a, a crazy move. Also, Pick just... Swap. Second? Yeah. Like, I don't think that's... That's not crazy, right? Yeah. No, not at all. That might even be, like, a low price. Uh, And also, just to point out, like, even though, like, your top 10 is different, it's because all your ones that are different are the 5 and 9 teams. Like, they're all the same record. That's probably why it shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't hate the move. I still think this defense is terrible. So maybe if you hang back and get, like, a defensive piece. But their defense is also expensive. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that was that was kind of my thought too. But but my my other piece on this is they have a lot of names on their defense that there is to like. So I wonder if just bringing in a guy who isn't Brandon fucking Staley is going to make a difference on their defense. Yeah, who knows? That that could be like all the difference. Number four, I have the commander sitting pat taking the tackle out of Penn State, Fashionu, Fashanu. Mm-hmm. Number five, this is where the Cardinals traded back to. I have them taking Joe Alt. Back-to-back tackles off the board. Back-to-back tackles off the board. I like both those picks for both those teams, by the way. Number six, I have the Bears doubling down at wide receiver. To add to their core, they're taking Malik Neighbors. So now they'll have Moore, Hyatt, Neighbors, Mooney. I like that. It's a hell of a wide receiver core. It's a, a young, I mean, DJ Moore is late 20s, but still. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a wide receiver core. You want to improve mm-hmm. your offense uh, under fields, or if you decide to draft someone a little bit later and, and flip fields, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Number seven, I have the Jets taking tight end Brock Bowers. This would be, so, be such a terrible pick for the Jets. They have so many other areas of need, but I, it's also like a total Jets move to take a top, like a tight end in the top 10. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the top 10 without having someone draft Brock Bowers as much as I think it's a dumb move to draft a tight end that high. I need to get someone to do it. And it's like, all right, if you assume next year, the jets are going to have Aaron Rodgers back. So they don't need to do anything at QB. Mm -hmm. Their tackles aren't great, but they already have high draft capital in them. And Makai Becton, they have Garrett Wilson. So they have a number one receiver. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to use, uh, the wide receiver out of Washington on them or have them move up. Mm-hmm. And then I guess your only other argument is pass rush, but they already have a good defense. So like, and th- this was my rationale to figure out a way to get Brock Bowers to get picked in the top 10. Yeah. I feel like they would be a team that should either depending on how the board goes, if they feel confident they can stand Pat and get one uh, or if they need to move up, they should be going after a fashion or, or Joe Alt, in my opinion. That's where yeah. I think they'd be best, but I could totally see him do it. I, I agree. I think Brock Bowers is not getting out of top 10. I think like that 6 to 10 range is where he goes. Yeah, yeah. I just need to figure out a way to fit him in there. Number mm-hmm. 8, this is the trade back. The Bears picking at the New York Giants original spot. Take Leitu Latu. Oh. Get him in the mix there. That'd be Montez nice. Montez Sweat. Yannick Ngakwe. Leitu Latu. Oh, that'd be pretty lethal. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. It's a good rotation at your edge. Mm-hmm. Um, number 9. I have the Titans taking uh, Romy, Rome Odunze. Rome Odunze? Yeah, Rome Odunze. Figured they needed 
something out there because Traylon Burks has been a bust. Mm-hmm. The you know their last two wide receivers they drafted were both busts, and Traylon Burks and Corey Davis. But Traylon Burks has been a bust, and so they're basically entirely merchants on uh, how well D Hop's going to play in a given week for their wide receiver one position. Yeah, you'd even mention Westbrook Akine, who's also a bust. Did they draft him in the first round? I'm pretty sure they did. Fuck me. Get your shit together, Tennessee. Yeah. This is why you lost. Well, actually, you lost for a different reason. We'll get to that later in the episode. Mm-hmm. That's what we call a tease. I don't know if Rome is going to get in the top 10 uh, with Neighbors and Harrison Jr. also possibly being top 10, but I love the pick. He's probably my, outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know. I like both those guys. This is going to be a really good wide receiver class, I think, when we look back. All right, and uh, just to round this out, I have the Raiders at 10, which I believe isn't actually where they're picking, according to Tankathon, which is the more trusted authority. But the Raiders at 10, taking Jerzane Newton. That team just strip everything to the the studs, start rebuilding, start on the interiors and build out. Get your defensive line right, get your offensive line right, and then put some uh, lethal weapons around your your future MVP quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, it's uh, it's higher than some people think Newton will go, but I mean it's uh, that's like that will be a best player on the board versus need argument they'll have to have in their their scouting room. It'll be interesting. I just want to point out I do have the first picks for all thirty-two teams here before I decide to just do top ten. Oh, really? You don't, yeah. you don't want to give me well, so just because they're unfortunately team talent alone. Where do you have the Falcons and who do you have them taken? Eleven, Chop Robinson. Chop. Chap, chap. Not Dallas. Their defensive Turner? line has been good, but they're not getting they're not getting QB pressures. They're just really good at run stopping. Yeah, I think uh, Lacey Lotsa will be off the board. So then it comes down to like a Dallas Turner, or a Chop Robinson, or a Jared Verse there. Yeah, all of which I have going in the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. Overall, what do you think? You want me to recap real quick? Just name off the picks again. Yeah, real quick in order. Number one, Caleb Williams. Number two, Drake May. Number three, Marvin Harrison. Number four. Uh, fashion new. Now I'm going to try the first name. Sorry, guys. Number five, Malik Neighbors. Number six, Joe Alt. Number seven, Brock Bowers. Number eight, Leitu Latu. Number nine, Romeo Duze. And number 10, Jerzon Newton. It all comes down to the trades on how, how accurate you will be. Um, real quick, you're fine. Most people just shorten it to, to Ola. Like, even, even websites yeah. that, that cover this stuff just write Ola fashion. I get so. it. I get it, right? But like that—that that always bothered me with Giannis Antetokounmpo, where people call him the Greek freak because they didn't want to learn how to pronounce his last name, or Nikolai yeah. Jokic, where people call him the Joker because they didn't want to figure out how to say Jokic. That's such an—that one's such an easy one. Like, there's yeah, no but, excuse. But there's no other reason to call him the Joker than you didn't want to figure out how to pronounce Jokic. Yeah, and that's real. There's lazy. nothing about him that embodies the Joker. That's even more lazy because it's not like at least like I. Giannis is not only like tough to say, but it's also long. Like Jokic is two syllables, you lazy yeah. shit. <laughs> like just figure it out. Joker and Jokic are the same yeah. syllables. In fact, if you want to call him the Joker, it's more syllables. Yeah. And then lastly, you gotta tell me who you got the Bills taking. <laughs> I have the Bills taking the tackle out of Oregon State. Oh, you really love uh you say Fuaga? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? No, no, JC Latham love. I noticed in your list. JC Latham went eighteen. Okay, to the uh, to the Bengals. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you are all about some offensive tackles. Yeah, man. Bills, Bills lines been playing good this year. No, I agree. The Bills lines have been playing good, but what else are you taking 
Also, like, who fucking cares who I have the Bills picking right now? The mm-hmm. Bills aren't picking 17th in the draft. Let's be real. Right. The Bills are, if they make the playoffs, the Bills are the kind of team that's picking 25th to 32nd. Who 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 do you think the Bills should take? Like, uh, I have right now, Jaguars 26, taking the cornerback out of Missouri. Rack Straw mm-hmm. Jr. Yeah, it would, like, I'd love it if, I mean, Kool-Aid's not going to fall to us. Obviously, but if like a Terry and Arnold would be there, that might be a little bit of a reach. I'd like that. Uh, Tankathon's mock has Romeo Dunze going to the Bills at, at 18. That'd be sick. Would be awesome. Uh, I have Terry and Arnold going to Minnesota at 22. Okay. Yeah, they have him. That's pretty, pretty similar. Tankathon has him going 26 to the Texans by way of the pick they got in the Deshaun trade. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have the Texans taking Brian Thomas Jr. Mm. at 24 any more thoughts mike any more questions uh, no i'm sure we will have a lot of time as the season winds down yeah i still think that would be a lot of fun if at some point down the stretch here we find a way to do a live stream mock draft yeah i like that yeah so we'll we'll be working on the, ba- the that in the background we'll probably do you know some draft content every week maybe not twice a week but definitely definitely weekly i also feel like isn't the nfl draft usually on a thursday uh yeah thursday april 25th is the first day of it might be kind of fun to do a live to record that podcast while we have the draft going in the background or yeah we could record the podcast and then watch the draft live yeah that too. yeah we'll figure something out we'll we'll figure talk as we get closer all right mike so as it is monday every monday we go through and review the week that was by talking about the monday morning headlines uh i seem to have you pretty much crushed this week in my amount of headlines if this was an NBA final series, you would have to be real worried about that game six. Yeah, well, we can throw in my uh, being correct that the AFC South is now wide open. <laughs> as the headline as well. Plus, I also knew we were doing the mock draft. So time-wise, I was like, oh, I'll just throw one headline in there. I also, uh, two of my headlines are actually going to be covered under one thing anyway. So yeah, right, we'll figure the fuck out. All right, I'll start, I'll start this out. I'm uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying A, the general backup quarterback regression when people are like, oh, is Joshua Dobbs actually better than Kirk Cousins? Yeah. No. No. Guys, come on. We can't keep doing this. But currently, the one I'm really enjoying is the, was Tommy DeVito the future of this franchise? Oh, my God. I have notes on this. <laughs> I could not stand this one. And I'll be perfectly frank. Has nothing to do with the hand gestures that Mike seems to think is uh, offensive to him, despite mm-hmm. his red beard. It has nothing to do with his play on the field. It has nothing to do with anything he's done in his personal life outside of one very specific thing, Mike. And that is that he proudly told people that his mother makes his own bed. So I personally am greatly enjoying the Tommy DeVito downfall, who went 20 for 34 for 177 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, and took a whopping seven sacks for 57 yards. Yeah. Also, this is a side note. The Saints also had like nine tackles for loss in that game. Like the offense, the Giants offensive line is so terrible. It is next level. God awful. Yeah. That's why they got to trade up in the draft to get a better quarterback. <laughs> right. It was like, all right, well, I'll just spoiler alert. This is one of my bonus awards. I'm just going to throw it out now. And it was the, can we stop now award? And it was awarded to Tommy DeVito. Like, can we stop this now? The other person who needs to be, someone needs to tell to like, all right, like, can we stop? Is Brian Dable, who 
ran the ball a total like between Brita and Barkley. They got a total of 12 carries. There was a stretch of three drives that ended in punts for the Giants. There was 15 total plays. 14 of those plays had the ball in DeVito's hands. <laughs> like, Dave, well, I don't know if you thought you were a genius and you unlocked Tommy DeVito, the, the giant killer, but no, it's not happening. My per- personal favorite part of this game is that every time someone sacked Tommy DeVito, they did the hand gesture. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. You don't, you don't get to have a signature thing when you're a punk bitch backup quarterback who played well for two straight games. Yeah. You, know, you don't get a thing then. You haven't earned thing status. Right. Taysom Hill had a better quarterback rating than Tommy DeVito. How many throws did he have? Though? I don't even know if that's true. I'm just making that up. Taysom Hill went zero for one, but also, you know, did just line it up as like a tight end and as a running back. And why isn't, why isn't Kyle Shanahan traded for Taysom Hill yet? Oh, I don't even think that would be fair to have a taste like a guy like Taysom Hill in that offense. Should we be concerned about how good Taysom Hill actually is since Kyle Shanahan hasn't traded for him? That he's like, hey, you know what? I get that George Kittle doesn't throw passes, but I'd rather just have George Kittle. Yeah, Taysom Hill's a very he's a, he's a very gimmicky player. But for whatever reason, those fucking Saints coaches love him. Like I, I thought after I thought after uh, uh, Sean Payton left, that Taysom Hill's days were numbered, mm-hmm. and Dennis Smith stepped right up to the plate and kept pitching. Yeah, wasn't wasn't there talk at one point that like going in the offseason was like maybe Taysom, Taysom Hill could be the Saints' new starting quarterback, like after the Breeze era. I don't remember that, but uh, man, do I hope so. <laughs> that would be yeah, super I funny. Like, I feel like there was. It was like a battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill to be the starting quarterback the year after Breeze retired. That would be such good content to get a year out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Saints absolutely demolished the Giants in this one. Tommy DeVito, enjoy going back to the bench. Um, Tyrod Taylor took over him from late. If I'm going off recollection here, I think he got hurt, though. I don't think that was like a, a benching. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and I think Tyrod he got only popped pretty hard. Tyrod only threw the ball like four times, so it's pretty late. Yeah. All right, Mike, you want to you wanna toss out uh, one of your headlines there? You want to tell me what's what? What's what and what is? Um, should we talk about the Bills now? Seems like as good a time as any. Good a time as any. You just straight up bullied the Cowboys. Embarrassed them. Now Dak's not winning MVP. The Cowboys are plus $4 billion to win the Super Bowl. It's all over for them. I, I heard <laughs> they're actually moving that team to London now. Yeah, I, I, that's what I heard. And they're gonna, actually, I heard they're going to a totally different league. Like they're going to be in the Canadian league. Actually, they're moving the to London and they're going to play in the EPL. Yeah, they were going to just playing soccer now. They were going to get moved to the XFL, but the Rock said no. They're so bad, we won't even take them. <laughs> but in all serious, yeah, Buffalo just bullied the shit out of them yesterday. James Cook was unreal, one seventy nine, and it's not even like it was an inefficient one seventy nine. He averaged seven point two a carry. It was unreal. Had a touchdown on the ground. Had the nice touchdown through the air um, on that beautiful corner out. He even had to like get down low and snag that ball. Nice catch, too. Uh, I'm sure, as like many people have mentioned, Buffalo just dominated. They just controlled the game. They dominated the time of possession. It was like 3, 30, 35. Yeah, 35.05 to 24.55. Their scoring drive lengths were 654, 4.44, 5.37, 8.22. And then 305. Like they just took over that game. It was not how I expected it to go at all. Um, but like big time props to this defense. I've been picking on them about how they're they can play only one good half of football. They played a good full 60 minutes yesterday. 
Yeah, they they held Dak Prescott touchdownless for the first time in a while. Didn't turn over the ball, I think. Did they did they have a single turnover? Uh yeah, t- okay, Ty Johnson had a fumble, but he recovered it. Mm-hmm. So no, they didn't have any turnovers. And then on the other end, Dak throws a pick, 3.9 yards a, a pass. I mean, he, you get to the quarterback a few times. Yeah. And that the pick wasn't anything like spectacular. Like it was late in the game and he just overthrew. I forgot the receiver, but there was some sort of miscommunication, totally overthrew him when it went right into the arms of Benford. But that almost felt like a, like a, a game achievement award, that interception. Like Benford kind of deserved one the way he played yesterday. Him and Teron Johnson just played phenomenal. Teron Johnson's like kind of sneaky underrated, in my opinion, as a slot corner. I don't think people talk about him enough. Not that he's like amazing, greatest, you know, slot corner in the world, but I think he plays really well and no one really pays attention to him. See, so yeah, if this defense is beat up as they were to play that game, like I'm th- there was probably like a Pacers Bucks brawl for the game ball to see if it was going to go to the defense or go to James Cook, who is awesome. Also, I feel like this is uh might be a very scary version of the Bills in that they've wrapped their head around like if you don't have to, don't. We didn't have to sling the ball yesterday, so why do it? You know this was their highest rushing success rate since that game that they played the perfect game against the Patriots in the playoffs. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I like it like you said, it just like James Cook unleashed against one of the best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. It might be Secret sauce time, because what are you supposed to do against that if you're an opposing defense? Are you going to really load up the box and let Josh Allen roast you? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you... James Cook is going to rush 7.2 yards a carry for almost 200 yards, mm-hmm. you just, are you just, you just have to let him do it and hope that the, the Bills at no point run play action and roast you for a 75-yard completion? It, almost, it played into the Bills' hands so perfectly because this like most as I went on and on about in the preview, like the doubt the Cowboys secondary has been phenomenal and Buffalo didn't really need to test that secondary at all. <laughs> James Cook 94 was, yards yeah. for Josh Allen. Yeah. It wasn't even like he played bad. He just didn't need to throw. He saw uh, two touchdowns. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. He just like they could play forties football. Mm hmm while still having one of the best 2023 quarterbacks in the league. I mean, this is, like you said, this is some scary shit. Even if the defense didn't play as well as they did. Like, if this game ended up being 31-28. Mm-hmm. If I'm anyone else in the AFC, I'm on notice now that Buffalo doesn't, didn't need to have Josh Allen throw against the Cowboys to win. Yeah, you didn't. I feel like there's some teams hoping, like, I really hope they don't get in the playoffs because it would not be good. And this game kind of felt over after, so... Dallas opened up the second half with a punt and then Buffalo they only got a field goal on their next drive, but it was after an eight minute and 22 second drive where they just once again, bullied the Cowboys down the field, kicked a field goal to go up 24 to three. And then at that point it kind of felt like, yeah, this one's in the bag. They got it done. So the bills now sit at eight and six, the Vikings and Titans are useless teams who couldn't beat either the Bengals or Texans for me. So we're still at uh, number ninth in the standings. But there's some games going forward that could help us. The really scary thing is one of the games that may be pivotal and my hopes may lie in the hands of Atlanta who play um, the Colts in a couple of weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so We'll get to it, but this Atlanta team is so fucking bad. 
so fucking terrible. But yeah, I'm feel I'm on cloud nine after this. I mean, I think if we I think we are playing some of our best football and to have an offense that if the run slows down, it's not working out, or if our if we need to get into a situation, we're like, all right, time to sling it, we can. It's not like we don't have the ability to. You know, we're not some team that's one phase on offense. We can do it if we have to. And this was a game where we just didn't have to. So I would personally, I'm, I'm biased, but I would be fucking terrified if I'm the AFC and the Bills get in the playoffs. And I will say, the remaining games the Bills have, at Chargers, home for the Patriots, at Dolphins, week 18. Mm-hmm. If the Bills went out, they have an over 99% chance of making the playoffs, which might mean 100%. It's just that right. that's not how the New York Times system works for this yeah uh up us 11 and 6 i think we would definitely be in so some we just need someone ahead of us to stumble one game along the way it could come down to week 18 beat the dolphins and you're in yeah but we kick their ass once i think we can kick their ass again yeah i i i, I suppose i agree as well i mean they did just light up the jets though without tyree kill yeah it's because the milf man got hurt that's why. If you played that whole game, whew, it was upset city, baby. <laughs> Fuck Tyree Kill. Fuck Tyree Kill. That yeah. bridges perfectly into my, yeah. my next uh, headline here. So this is more of a general awards talk now, because I think mm-hmm. this has been one of the more fascinating award years. But we'll start off with uh, the MVP. Going into the season, there was a lot of people who were trying to make the case Tyree Kill MVP. In case you didn't know... Several years ago, when he was in college, Tyreek Hill had an abuse allegation that went to criminal court, and the charges were eventually dropped and sealed, and then it went to civil court, where the the case is sealed, so we don't know what happened, but at the time, his girlfriend had some pretty serious allegations of physical abuse by Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Then when he was on the Chiefs, there was a leaked phone call where the mother of his son said that his son is scared of him, and... Tyree Kill responded to that by saying, you should be scared of me too, bitch. So for all of you out there making the case that Tyree Kill should be the MVP, uh, man, do I really hope you don't pat yourself on the back for being a good person. Because uh, those two things can't exist at the same time. But this week, Miami wins 30-0, and zero, which might be the only time in history that I have been actively rooting for Miami to win because Tyree Kill wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddell has 150 yards. And basically puts a bullet into the Tyree Kill MVP case. After yeah, this week, he's fallen back out of the top six on FanDuel odds. Currently, your top six, Brock Purdy, minus 200, Lamar Jackson, plus 450, Dak Prescott, plus 700, Josh Allen, plus 1,000, Jalen Hurts, plus 1,200. That'll change after tonight. And Christian McCaffrey, plus 2,000. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason for him to be in the conversation. Like, not if, not if people were putting into fact, like, the team he plays on, but, like, the other weapons around him and the fact that it's Mike McDaniels. It was like... Yeah phenomenal offensive mind from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. So yeah, it, it was never going to happen. And I don't think like people who are trying to talk themselves into it were blind. And hopefully those people were also just like ignorant or yeah, can disclaim ignorance of not knowing about the allegations. Cause I continue to feel like surprisingly few people actually know about this. It just didn't get a lot of play, I guess. It has to be that because people like, I don't hear anyone mention this when they talk about Tyree kill. Mm-hmm. Like, if Ray Rice came back to the NFL and had a 2,000-yard season, do you not think people would be talking about the elevator video? Absolutely. People talked about Vic and the dogfighting thing constantly. 
So it's just got to be that people aren't aware of this. But it's like you hear people that are really well-versed on football not talking about this. So this is a, a larger point that I want to talk about where I think we finally have several awards that are just about settled. Okay. First off, MVP almost by default at this point, I think is going to go to Brock Purdy. I don't think that he's the MVP. I don't think that he is a top five quarterback. I think that if you replace Brock Purdy with like nine to 10 other quarterbacks in the league, they're probably as successful or more successful in the system. I do think he is playing well. I think he is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he is better than Nick Mullins. I think he's better than a lot of quarterbacks that have been in that system. But it, my, my sticking point with this is like, if you just flipped Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott, the 49ers are better and the Cowboys are worse. Yeah. So it's really hard to call someone the most valuable player when you could flip him with another player in the same position and the team would be better. It will probably be one of the more talked about MVPs because I'm sure there's a lot of detractors out there. The anti-Brock Purdy woodwork that will come out and it will be one that's talked about years from now, especially if like in a couple years, Purdy shits the bed. Uh, who knows? I am a little... It's like the only downside to the Bills game going the way it was is I did kind of work up this fantasy scenario in my mind where if the Bills won out, made the playoffs, and Josh played had like big numbers that he could sneak in there and win the MVP. But it probably won't happen. Yeah, I still think that the outside chance of this goes to Lamar Jackson because this mm-hmm. this award almost always goes to a quarterback who gets the one or the two seed and is in the top five in EPA per play on the season. Mm-hmm. Which that's not like a, a metric that I think a lot of voters are paying attention to. It just so happens that when you have really high EPA, you look very good as a player. So I think that if Lamar Jackson could get his EPA a little higher, have a couple more wins, and the Ravens hold onto that one seed, I think voters are begging to not give this award to Purdy. I think most people that watch enough football don't believe in Brock Purdy. And I'll be fair, you know, neither do I. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, trying to say they're wrong. I was just making the case why Brock Purdy probably shouldn't be MVP. But I could see this go into Lamar Jackson or if there's basically whatever whatever AFC team manages to grab the one seed, their quarterback, I could see it going to them. Yeah. I mean, I think the tough thing with Lamar is he was so otherworldly his MVP year that he's going to get compared to that. And he's not having that performance this year. Yeah, he's on pace to have basically the same numbers. I mean, he's going to have the the yardage for yeah. sure. Um, I don't think I don't think he's yeah he's not going to throw nineteen touchdowns in the next four games, unfortunately, because no. he had thirty six that year. And then, I mean, he's still putting up like he has over seven hundred yards on the ground. He has seven forty one this year. He finished with twelve oh six his his MVP year. So. He's still going to have a phenomenal year. I think it will just be compared to that MVP year, and that's what will keep him out. Yeah, but he'll, he'll have 3,000 yards through the air and 1,000 on the ground, and he'll be the one seed. And I think that's probably enough to get it to him. Yeah, especially if there's, a, like, I agree, if there's a lot of people on this, no, it's not Brock Purdy train. It could sway yeah. a lot of those. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that there's, there, there's kind of, I don't know how many people vote for MVP, but I think that there's enough people that are voting for MVP that are making the same argument that I am, where mm-hmm. if you flip, Brock Purdy with insert other quarterback here is the team better or worse. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in this race that you would say better like Mahomes Mm. who's plus 2000 and by all accounts having kind of a down year. If you just flip Mahomes and Purdy 49ers might be undefeated. 
Oh, definitely. Next up, this one will be a lot quicker than that. Don't don't really need to talk about it much. Just once again, doing a dance on Tyreek Hill's uh, award grave. Offensive player of the year. Tyreek Hill misses a game. Miami cooks. He falls back to plus money and second place in the offensive player of the year. Christian McCaffrey takes the lead. Here's here's what I want to say to all you MVP voters out there. Don't You don't have to vote Purdy, but if you want to award San Francisco in some way, everyone just vote CMC. He has been awesome for the last, I mean, since he got traded to San Francisco. So for the last like 18 games mm-hmm. or however long it's been now, he has just been an absolute force to be reckoned with. 18 for 115 and a touchdown yesterday. Also snagged five catches or 72 and two touchdowns through the air. Yeah. Yeah. I, if there's any skill position player that people should try to be making the argument for MVP, it's Christian McCaffrey and no one else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe Debo. Debo the last few weeks has been, I guess, really this whole season. He has had that short middle period where he got, <clears throat> got hurt and we didn't see him. But he's been monstrous. He's back to, like, not last year, but the previous year's Debo. Yeah, and this this stretch, that stretch where he got, like, hurt also, mm-hmm. just to make the the case for him, also coincided with the 49ers' absolute worst stretch of the last two years. Yeah, it was that Debo and Trent Williams stretch. Yeah. Both out. Yeah. yeah. Turns out that it, uh, Brock Purdy can't even overcome Debo Samuel being out of the lineup. So there's your MVP, folks. There's there's still a few awards there for debate, so we're not going to talk about those. Coach of the year, another one I want to hit on here. It's still a tie at the top, three-way tie. Mike, do you think you can guess the three the three coaches who are currently tied for the top odds? They're all plus 300. I'm going to say Shane Steichen, the stink. Yep. I'm going to say um, DeMarco. Yep, D'Amico. D'Amico Ryan. <laughs> not DeMarco Murray. <laughs> um, and I'll say, is Kevin Stefanski lurking in there? Uh no, he's plus twelve hundred. Oh, okay. Um, give me one more guess. Give me one more guess. Harbaugh. Dan Campbell. Oh yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I think I think this award now has to go to D'Amico Ryans, who, with Case Keenum as his quarterback yesterday, came back from down thirteen to win. Mm-hmm. Or the stink, who has been playing all season with a backup quarterback. Mind you, a higher caliber backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew and is still firmly in the playoff race. We got to get get Dan Campbell out of here, all right? Yeah. You, you don't get to be a, a Ben Johnson merchant and well, have a, a subpar defense and win coach of the year, all right? It's ridiculous. Another, another thing to like Stinky's case is when someone says the Colts and I think of their roster off the top of my head, it's not a sexy roster. Like the most sexy person was supposed to be Anthony Richardson and then he got hurt. Michael Pittman? No, it doesn't. Like he's good, but in my head, it doesn't come across as sexy. Zach Moss. I mean, I'm a Zach Moss fan. RB one, baby. Malik Hooker. You can stop. He's not even there anymore. He's in, yeah. he's in Dallas. They just drafted him. Hinden <laughs> Hooker. He's in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about the Texans team. Yeah, but they also got Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard, who have been outrageous. Yeah. Um, and the best rookie quarterback in the league Stroud crowd i don't know Stroud bryce crowd, young maybe. bryce young still healthy <laughs> bryce young didn't manage to get a touchdown yesterday so jesus uh, yeah i'll have a comment about that when we get to the falcon segment oh boy it's a whole thing man um <laughs> yeah so 
give, give this to one of the, the AFC South coaches, and I don't mean Doug Peterson. No, absolutely not. No, I agree. It's, it's Steichen or Murray. I think Campbell was in the running. Murray? But... Who the fuck God, is damn Murray? It. <laughs> not DeMarco Murray. It's Campbell or Ryan. <laughs> it's the Stink or D'Amico. And Campbell's case, I think, was hurt with some of the losses they've had, considering yeah, how and, they were favorites in those games. And the defense has regressed a lot, too. So they don't, they don't mm-hmm. have, like, a dominant phase right now either and it, yeah. it also comes with a bad time if they're if they started off slowly and got real hot down the stretch he'd have different case to make but they started off well and then faded mm-hmm. and recency bias tells us that that hurts them last one here if he doesn't play a single snap the rest of the way cj stroud still winning rookie of the year doesn't matter i get it jameer gibbs puka nakua kyron williams they've all looked great CJ Stroud doesn't have to play another snap to win this award. Byron's not a rookie. Oh, good point. That's probably yeah. why he's not on the list. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba looked great. <laughs> Thank this you. is bullshit. This what? is bullshit tight end slander. Where is Sam Laporta? Sam Laporta is plus 1,500. 15,000. Plus 15,000. That's ridiculous. CJ Stroud is minus 20,000 right now. Sam Laporta is having the best rookie tight end year in history, possibly. And there's just no love for Sam Laporta. He's having a better year than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, I just I just threw out a name that was on the list. He has better odds. Okay. Or he, he has shorter odds than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay, good. Um, if you had to guess, who from the Packers is on this list? Who would you guess? I don't think I can. Jaden Reed. Oh, that makes sense. So that's... Uh, that's that's the state of awards now. I think that we're rounding out the corner. Probably probably time to start cinching some of these up. Jalen Carter is still far and away the favorite for defensive rookie of the year. It might be time to start talking about Will Anderson for that one. It's too bad. I think Christian Gonzalez could have won this award had he not gotten hurt. It's a bummer. Oh man. You should see my commander's group text just talking about Christian <laughs> Gonzalez all the time. The one who got away. The one who got away. <laughs> what right, um, Mike, you have you have another headline there? Or sorry, do you have another note? Can you, do you have the, the odds up in front of you? Yeah. Just out of curiosity, who's the favorite for defensive player of the year? Right now, it's Micah Parsons at plus 125 with Miles Garrett at second, plus 150. TJ Watt, third, plus 400. Miles Garrett has been the best defensive player in football this year. Mm-hmm. Those odds are just entirely based on they want to give it to Micah Parsons. They have for a few years. Like, the NFL has wanted to give Micah Parsons defensive player of the year for, like, the last three years. And, and just every year, there's someone else who, who edges them out. Yeah. Well, as I said, I... Said and team success, but then keep in mind there's only like a one game difference between the Browns and the yeah and the Cowboys now. I don't well, think not, it should. not every team can trot out Joe Flacco. I mean that's that's true. That is true. I I feel like Miles Garrett. Or not, yeah, Miles Garrett should be the favorite for that. I agree. Bullshit. By the way, uh, just want to point out Deron Bland currently sixth. Hey, that's fair. Plus uh plus thirty five hundred. Mike, you wanna you wanna give me your next headline? Oh, I mean. Do you want to talk about the AFC South now? Is that a segue? Do you have a headline for the AFC South? No, just that it's wide open, baby. <laughs> Three teams at eight and six now. The Titans are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Which means it's time for them to gear up to draft. Oh, R- Romeo Duze. Yeah. Yeah. Romeo Duze. I, I forgot who I had them picking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Titans are officially eliminated. So it is Colts, Jags, and Texans all at eight and six. I don't know. I. I don't think if you went back five weeks, even less, I don't know if I would have 
believe the fight in Gardner Minshew's would still be in this situation, but God bless the stink. He's making it happen. What is the, the first tiebreakers head to head, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's why Jacksonville is still sitting up top. Yep. And looking at the New York Times model right now has the Jaguars with a 74% chance of making the playoffs. Texans at 55, Colts at 53. Let's take a look here. It's going to come down right there. It's going to come down to uh, week 18, Colts-Texans. I think it is. The Jags have Tampa Bay, Carolina, Tennessee. I do like the idea of Tennessee spoiling like week 18. Like this is their Super Bowl, the chance to stop the Jags from winning the division. (laughs) I really like that scenario in my head. Will Levis proves that he is what Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of buying into this fairy tale. I'm creating in my mind. Hey, they have to fight like fucking Baker Mayfield, who's tossing four touchdowns now next week. That's oh not God, a that, gimme. That Baker Mayfield has been on such a run. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not a gimme. Like you, you can't take games against Tampa Bay for granted right now. Their defense has been playing exceptionally. Baker Mayfield has turned into Tom Brady. Yeah, and I don't even think you can take like Tennessee and chalk it up as a win just because Vrabel, has, that team's been fighting all year. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think that, let me see, let me see what the chances are right now of the Jags missing the playoffs. So right now, they have about a 26% chance to completely miss the playoffs. So Houston has the hardest remaining, in my opinion. They have Cleveland, Tennessee, Indianapolis, and then Indy, prior to the Week 18 showdown with Houston, they have the Falcons and Vegas, two teams they should beat. So it very well could come down to, like, Houston's out of it come Week 18 to win the division, and it will come down to Colts have to beat Houston and then Jags have to lose to Tennessee for them to, for the Jags to lose the division. That's my that, are we still are – we, are we not talking ourselves into all three of these teams making the playoffs? I mean, they're currently, all three of them are in. Yeah, they're the fourth, the sixth, and the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's the best outcome here. I mean, maybe if like the Jags drop down and the Colts or Texans jump up to the division winner, mm-hmm. I think that's more fun. But I kind of like I kind of like all three of these teams in the playoffs. I, a, we gotta, we gotta like real world, definable, look at the results terms, find a way to reward Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's mm-hmm. and C.J. Stroud. And in real world terms, we also have to find a way to punish the Jags for pretending they were real for winning 12.5% of their games in London. But the only problem is, is that's that's putting the Bills getting into the playoffs in jeopardy, so I can't really sign off on that. I thought the Bills were going to take the division. No, we, we needed Miami to lose yesterday and the MILF man got hurt, so we didn't have a chance to put the dagger in the Dolphins for me. Because, uh, well, the Bengals could drop another. They could drop two more games. Dolphins haven't clinched a division. Dolphins haven't even clinched a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, mathematically, that is the case. But <laughs> if we take in expected outcomes. And the Dolphins have the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. Whew, that is a murderer's row. Maybe not. It might not be locked up yet. You're absolutely right. I'm just saying, if they lose to the Cowboys and Ravens, it that entirely comes down to Week 18. I think so. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. The Bengals have Steelers, a trip to Pittsburgh, and then they have to go to Kansas City, and they finish up at home against the Browns. We are all over the place right now. Well, I'm just looking at that wild card. We were kind of talking about that, and the uh, Bengals are currently in it. So, 
You think the Bengals stay in that? What? Let me ask you this: What? What do you think the final playoff? You don't have to give me seeding. Just what are the what are the final seven teams in the playoff in the AFC? Uh, Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, uh, either the Jags or the Colts win that division, and then you're looking at. I think the loser of that is in the wild card. Browns are in the wild card. Then you got like the Bengals, Texans, Bills conversation. This is in the universe where the Bills don't win the division. But if let's yeah. say the Bills do, then you could be looking at a Dolphins in that mix somewhere as well. I don't know. I, if the Bengals make the playoffs without Jake Browning, I don't think I'm watching football anymore. Without Jake Browning? With Jake Browning, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think I believe in this game anymore. I'm pretty much done. But if the Browns make it with Joe Flacco, you're fine with that. That's a comeback story for the ages, baby. And also, I love their defense. So, And you can actually root for him now that karma... Well, karma hasn't fully come around and got him, because if it did, he wouldn't be in the league anymore. But... And he'd be well, in prison. Yeah. yeah. Also, the coach that wanted to trade for him and the GM that did trade for him are still hanging out there. Oh, and the owner. Ah, damn it. Can we, like, swap? Can we put, like, the Browns defense on a team I'd actually enjoy? Like, let's put the Browns defense in Los Angeles. How about this? The Browns defense gets traded for Tyree Kill. No, I'd hate that. That's not then good you for get, me. You get all the guys we don't like on one team. You get Deshaun Watson throwing balls 15 yards over the head of Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And you get the Browns on this Dolphins team with the Vape Lord himself coaching them. I think, I think that's a, a rootable team. I don't know. I mean, the, no, I'd never root for the Dolphins. I mean, generally. <laughs> not everything's about you, Mike. I know in, you don't understand that. In general, I would not root for them. <laughs> Exactly. It's general. You know what? I have the Bills lose next week now. How dare you? How about that? Every week I'm here hoping the commanders lose so you can get that draft pick you want. And you do me like this. Can't wait to draft Brock Bowers for. I can't even look at you right now. (laughs) You have any more thoughts on the AFC South, Mike? CJ Stroud probably back next week. Hopefully. They're going to need him. Um. Oh, uh, uh, Keaton Mitchell. You see, he's he's done for the season. Oh, what happened? Knee injury. Mm. I have I. So I I have some thoughts on this later, but also Will Levis is back next week. I don't know how much of the Titans game you watched, but there was one point where they were like, "Will Levis's career's over," and then he was just like standing on the sidelines, totally fine. So oh, Will Levis is fine. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. So. Mm-hmm. uh that's, that's another tease for you. Any more thoughts on there? Are you ready to move on to the next headline? Or actually, we're out of headlines. Yeah. You ready to just move on? Let's just move on. All-American rejects, though. Um, well, I did, I did, I did have a, a question for you. Who, who do you think plays against the 49ers in the Super Bowl? Oh, Buffalo Bills. Okay. All right. Next up, every Monday, we also go through the last week of the Team Talent Alone Atlanta Falcons. Talk about what happened in their game. This was a bad one, Mike. We've, we've had a lot of bad ones in the past. The Falcons have had by far the easiest schedule by strength of schedule, which means that every week I get to watch two bad football teams play each other twice. Going into this one, Atlanta was missing Chris Lindstrom, Bud Dupree, Matt Collins, David Onyemata, and Drew Dahlman. So already, a lot of their high-impact players, such as Matt Collins, were out of the game. And then you add on top of that that it's just fucking pouring rain the whole time. And I got to watch Desmond Ritter and Bryce Young play quarterback. Final score, 9-7. to seven. Carolina takes the game. One touchdown in the game. I, did you see images from this game, Mike? Did you see how empty the stands were? Yeah, it was it pretty was, rough. It was so embarrassing. 
if you're a Carolina or Atlanta fan, mm-hmm. like 18 people showed up. I mean, only the really thing to wonder there is, even if it wasn't pouring rain, would people even bother showing up? <laughs> you know? Someone showed up in a Carolina jersey that was holding a sign that says, not a fair weather fan. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to find that guy and give him a hug. Like, he's got nothing else in his life besides the <laughs> Panthers, man. Like, imagine it's a Sunday. The Bills are 1-10 in 10 without their own first-round draft pick. Can you find something else to do besides go to the Bills stadium to watch a game? Yeah, I'm sure there's anything possible, probably more uplifting yeah. to do. Like, clean your kitchen instead. Yeah, I mean, unless you're just really a masochist. Yeah. You want to see getting off all game. <laughs> you want to see rock hard. Anyways. The... Oh, are you going to recap how it ended? An uh, Eddie Panero field goal. And so, yeah, I was going to say, beforehand, Desmond Ritter throws a god-awful interception where he yeah. thought he was like a mix between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and is like running and then throws a ball on the run like while turning his body and it just I don't even know where the receiver was he was going to. <laughs> no, I don't know either. It was it was a horrible interception. My favorite part about that drive is that it was it was like 10 or 11 plays and they converted three third downs. Yeah. And then Desmond Ritter just goes, watch this. Like, you just need him to run out of bounds or throw that ball away, like kick a field goal and get out of there. And he does that. And then Bryce Young and company go on a 90-yard drive to set up a game-winning field goal. Um, And the worst part about it was I couldn't even enjoy it. As a Bryce Young stan, I couldn't enjoy it because the Falcons are such an embarrassment. (laughs) I think... I think Desmond Ritter got too much confidence from earlier in the game. They ran this like play design with like a rub route where they had Desmond Ritter roll out to the left and then flip his hips 180 degrees to throw to Janu Smith, who was like streaking down the sideline. Mm-hmm. And I think that he did that once and got confident. He's like, I can do this every play. Yeah. And then at the end of the game was like, watch me do it again and threw it directly to Xavier Woods. He didn't do it, but in my head, he looked like he did a no look pass there too. He was so confident. <laughs> He was like just staring down the defender that was chasing after him. And I, I get it. Injuries, the weather. You're still playing the Panthers. So is there an excuse? No, no, no excuse. But also on the other side of things, we need the media to calm down on the term upset. Like I got like notifications on my phone, like Panthers upset Falcons. It's the Falcons. Like they were, yeah, they should have been like favored to win that game, but the Falcons should never be. Like, honestly, guys, they should never be more than, like, a minus, like, 114. <laughs> Even against the worst teams, it should yeah. honestly probably be a pick after some of the performances you've seen by this Falcons team. <laughs> so I would hardly call that a real upset, but sure. I also just, like, watching this game live, the second half was unbearably bad. Mm-hmm. Here's the drives in the second half prior to the game-winning field goal. Panthers turn it over on downs. Falcons punt. Panthers punt. Falcons fumble. Panthers field goal on a 17-yard drive after the fumble. Desmond Ritter throws the world's worst interception. And then Carolina just eats up the rest of the clock, all like of the final eight minutes of the game, to kick a field goal. I'm sorry for the year, I'm sorry for the year to be over so we don't have to talk about this team anymore. <laughs> There's no words for that. For that, we made a horrible decision. Do you want to move on to the PFF 
upgrades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. By the way, next week, Colts at Falcons. Um, congratulations, Colts on game one step closer to the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Every week, I try to guess the top five PFF grades. This was a hard one, Mike. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see how close I even get here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight potential players written down. And if you told me none of them are in the top five, it wouldn't like truly surprise me. So I'm just going to get this out of the way at the top. Jake Matthews. Nope. Didn't make the list. Any, any linemen make the list? No. Okay. That makes that easier. Caden Ellis. Nope. Nate Landman. <laughs> nope. Returning from injury. Nate Landman. Uh, DeMarco Hellams. Yes. He was number four, 76.6. And uh, Calais Campbell. Yes, number two, 83. All right. Who did I miss? Who were the other three? <laughs> All right. We're going to go in reverse order here. So number five, linebacker Lorenzo Carter, 74.3. Okay. He just edged out Kyle Pitts, who was 74.2. Uh, you got yeah, number big four. day for Kyle Pitts. He was actually on the TV screen a few times. Yeah. You, had, you got number four. That was, that was uh, Helms. Number three was defensive tackle Tyquan Graham. 79.2. Then you got Clays Campbell, who's number two. And number one, <laughs> highest PFF grade on his side of the ball. Tight end, Janu Smith, 89.4. Uh, I even I had him written down third, and I was like, I'm going to skip this one. I don't think he's getting in this week, so that's on me. He was in there. Uh, your, your, your hero, Drake London, only got three targets. Yeah. Bijan Robinson, seven carries. Or, Arthur oh. Smith might need to lose his job. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we haven't talked about it at all this year, but it might be time to have the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Thursday show. Instead of doing like really going in depth on why we do the same game parlays, we'll toss out the same game parlays, but Thursday show, let, let's talk about if Arthur Smith needs to be fired. Sounds like a plan. All right. Three stars of the game. Every week, kind of like hockey, we give out stars to the three best performers in the game. So, uh, I, I went in an interesting direction with this one this week, Mike. Uh, I didn't give out any. It's my smart. This game was horrible. I can't believe I had to watch it twice. No one gets any stars. That was the right call. All right. Final segment of the week, Mike. Every week, we give out our weekly awards. Now, these are etched in stone. They have been tattooed onto the back of Guy Pierce so that he can remember what he needs to do whenever he forgets due to a short-term memory loss. Uh, Mike, at some point, you have to watch Memento. Yeah. And uh, this is where the wheel comes into play, because I get this nifty little wheel online that I put all of our awards into, and I spin it, and we get each a, uh, a game that we pick out here. Real quick, it's funny. You said Guy Pierce, and in my head, Pierce Morgan popped up. <laughs> and I was like, he has short-term memory loss issues? Oh, my God. All right, Mike, kick or receive? I'm kicking it to you, brother. All right, I'll take the first spin, then. All right, Mike, the first award of the week, the uh, actually now Memorial, Brandon Staley Memorial mm. Worst Coaching Decision of the Week. The namesake of the award himself now sitting yeah. in the unemployment line. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed being a defensive coordinator for Miami. The Toronto Argonauts. There you go. One of the Rough Riders. I gave this one to Mike Vrabel of Tennessee Titans fame. Really? Okay. Who in overtime punted twice. Uh, you don't punt in overtime. The gods even gave you a second chance and you scoffed at it. You Jared scoffed at it. 
Mike Vrabel punts. D'Amico Ryans punts back. Mike Vrabel punts again. Punts it away. Minute nine seconds left in the clock. Or maybe it was minute 39. There was there was a one and a nine at some point in the, the countdown. Yeah. That is just loser behavior, Mike Vrabel. You are playing for a tie if you're punting twice. And next up, spinning the wheel. All right, Mike, your first award. Coming off the boards, the Rubberman Bounce Back Player of the Week Award. That was a hell of a read. <laughs> um, yeah, Bounce Back Player of the Week goes to Jared Goff. Pretty horrendous the previous week against Chicago. This week, 24-43, 278, five touchdowns. But more importantly, I have talked about it. I know last week, I think I went in depth on it, about how bad he's been under pressure. This week, he got blitzed 22 times. He went 14 of 21 for 178 and had four of his touchdowns. Now, I don't know if at some point when he scored the first three of those touchdowns when he was blitzed, Denver would have been like, all right, we're not going to blitz anymore. But they decided to be persistent about it. But anyway, big shout out, bounce back performance to Jared Goff. That's a good question. At what point, if you are the defensive coordinator for Denver, are you saying, all right, let's stop blitzing. This hasn't been working out for us. Is it two touchdowns in? It's almost like the defense that gave up 70 points has slowly been returning. (laughs) Once the turnovers went away. Spin of the wheel. All right, Mike, my next award is the Rookie of the Week Award. And that goes to Aiden O'Connell, reaching way back to Thursday. Mm-hmm. When, when Team Talent alone and the inaugural Gerald Everett, what was it? Gerald Butler? There's some Gerald. Oh, preseason MVP award winner. Aiden O'Connell tosses four touchdowns against a stout, destructive, unmovable Chargers defense. Good job, Aiden O'Connell. Really really showing him how the game is played in this one. Hell of a performance by Aiden O'Connell. So, the... Go ahead. I, 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 my, per, my personal favorite part of this is just by, by QBR, which is ESPN's in-house quarterback catch-all statistic. Aiden O'Connell throws four touchdowns, has the second-best QBR on his own team. Oh, Jacoby Myers had a day. <laughs> two for two, 12 yards and a touchdown from Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. Do you have some thoughts there, Mike? No, I was just, this ties in well with what I think will be my next award, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. Last award on the board. Game of the day. That's going to go to you. Yeah. And so, well, game, game of the week. week. Game of the week, it says. And so I gave it to the, the Raiders, the uh, Chargers at Raiders. <laughs> How can you not give it to the game that was just the most absolutely ugly rock bottom? For the Chargers, and it was the nail in the coffin for Brandon Staley. Do you think as Brandon Staley was getting fired, he was still yelling, I know what I'm doing is right? Probably. Probably, like, left the meeting with the GM and the owner and was like, you're going to regret this one day. I At halftime, he went into the locker room and told the team, he was like, all right, we got to just keep doing what we're doing right. (laughs) Yes, we're down 42 points, but on this day in 2023... A team scored 42 points in one half. And I think we could be the next team to do that. Hey, they got halfway to the 42. They got 21 as the Raiders basically just phoned it in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> Easton Stick did finish 23 of 32 for 257 and three touchdowns. So he was it probably also, like, 
it also did involve the Chargers getting two defensive touchdowns on back-to-back possessions. That's right. So it wasn't, it was just I, the Raiders scoring 63 points in the year of our Lord 2023 with this team is immaculate. And um, it, wasn't it a record for like the biggest turnaround? They went from scoring zero one week to 63 the next. I think it was yeah. like some sort of NFL record. They had so 42 and a half. Yeah. I'm just mad they didn't pedal to the metal. Like get more, like break the 70 mark show up the dolphins yeah that's that's what i was saying to, to my dad who's a bronx fan i was like how hard were you rooting for them to score a touchdown and go for two break the break the 70 mark yeah no one's gonna be talking about the broncos after that the two worst losses this season have worst losses this season have both happened to afc west teams but that i mean the other side of that is the second best win of the season has happened by an AFC West team so that is that is very true when the news came out that Staley got fired it was i mean i've had such a hate boner for the man for a long time and it it was almost like it was like that scene at the end of the one fast and the furious movie where like paul walker and vin diesel drive up next to each other and just like nod their heads and they go separate ways that's what it felt like it's been a long day without you my friend it was it was solemn to say goodbye to Brandon Staley. Oh, Miami of Ohio Appalachian State game this weekend in like the who fucking knows bowl. It was like a downpour to the point where they were getting tackled and like the paint from the turf had come up. And there was a total of nine fumbles in that game. Not all of them were lost, but not, the ball hit the ground like nine times. It was wild. And yes, I watched it. The Raiders also did this with no, like, imagine if, uh, Brandon, ja- Brandon Jacobs. Um, I don't even know who you're trying to talk about. Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs was playing. Like they had Zamir White. They scored, yeah, they scored 63 points. And Zamir White had 69 yards and Aiden O'Connell had 248 passing yards. Yeah. Devontae Adams finally for one week can be happy about being in, in Las Vegas. Had, had 101 in a touchdown. 12 targets for Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. You're a bad receiver. You're a bad quarterback. That's all you should do is just feed your best weapons, whether you whether it goes good or not. Just continue to feed them. Yeah, it's it's been a real downhill thing for Jacoby Myers since uh, Jimmy G got hurt because yeah. J- J- Jacoby Myers was suddenly like out targeting Devontae, and then Jimmy mm-hmm. G gets hurt. And O'Connell goes, "What if I just throw it to one of the best ten receivers in the league all the time?" Yeah, because Jimmy G would look at Devontae, who would have some tar- some type of coverage on him, and Jimmy G would be like, "Can't make that throw." <laughs> Don't feel confident about that. Is this uh, secured Antonio Pierce's spot as the new head coach? I don't think so. Because mm. it's bowl cut, and he'll probably give like a stupid amount of money to, I don't know. He'll forget what happened with John Gruden, and he'll do it yeah, again. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> is he going to hire John Gruden again? Like when oh, you trade for a player that you traded away in a dynasty league? Yeah, or he's going to go with Jay Gruden. Like First Gruden didn't work. This Gruden, though. <laughs> if there was going to be someone that was going to hire uh, uh, Garrett, out of the booth on NBC back into the NFL. Uh, it would be bowl cut. Mark Davis. Mark Davis yeah. is probably the front runner there. All right, Mike, I, I, got, I got some bonus awards. You got some bonus awards? Uh, I gave out my one earlier. The Can we stop now? To Tony DeVito, so I got one more. I'll give, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll give out my first one. The, the Yasher Bud Award. Okay. This goes to Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. So like I said, less than two minutes left in overtime. Third and long. Will Levis gets sacked, rolled backwards over his knee. The, it is apparently so horrific that the booth says, we're not going to show you the replay of this one. It's 
brutal. It's gruesome. Which, once again, Will Levis goes to the tent. He gets checked out. A few minutes later, he's just, like, fucking walking up and down the sideline. So, I don't know how gruesome it could have possibly been. That Aaron uh, Rodgers' DNA. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he actually tore his Achilles clean off. It snapped him in the eye, but it grew back by the time he was done in the blue tent. Titans punt the ball away. Less than two minutes left. And they cut to Ryan Tannehill, who's warming up on the sideline, doing high knees, throwing the ball around. But you ain't coming in the game. There's less than two minutes left in overtime. He knew he wasn't coming in the game. He was doing that for show. Yeah. I was watching, I was like, yeah, sure, bud. <laughs> Whatever yeah. makes you happy there. He was like, all, I was like, yeah, dude, this guy's ready to get this comeback. But he was acting like that because he knew he wasn't going in. He didn't have to actually, like, you know, cash in on what he was saying. You, you can sit down, Ryan Tannehill. It's fine. <laughs> like, just take a load off. Try not to sprain anything. Just enjoy the high life of being a backup quarterback in the twilight le- years of your NFL career. You're making good money right now not to do Make anything. Good money to do nothing. No reason mm-hmm. to go be doing high knees and throwing a ball around to a quarterback's coach. Not to be mean, but it would have been kind of funny if he like pulled his hamstring doing those high knees. I was thinking what would be even funnier is if he was doing those high knees and everything. And by some miraculous level, Tennessee gets the ball back. Will Levis can't go in and Malik Willis gets the call. Daniel puts the helmet on. You see your variable go, Malik, you're in. <laughs> If you're Tannehill, you don't take the helmet off, right? You just jog up the sidelines like you're about to go in and keep going straight into the locker room. Yeah, you're like, oh, no, I was just, I was running the locker room. I knew I yeah. wasn't going in. I'm good. Yeah. I want to put my helmet on in case I bumped into a wall on the way to the locker room. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, you want to give out your other bonus award? Yeah. Giving it out this week. The Golden Domer of the Week Award goes to the best player who attended the University of Notre Dame. I thought it, it was going to go to the best Golden Knight. No. Yeah. And it goes to a man I talk about a lot. I could have given it to Kyron, but he did put the ball on the ground twice and lose it. So. I decided to go with Jeremiah Obusu Koromoa from the Cleveland Browns. Six tackles, two tackles for loss, two passes deflected, an interception. They only sent him on pressure 10 times, but he made the most of it. Got a sack, two hits, three hurries. That's a 33.3 win percent, people. Great game for former uh, Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah Obusu Koromoa. The best part about this award is I hope you give it out to Jeremiah Obusu Koromoa every week because he has one, he has like a top 10 NFL name. He does. Yeah. It's great. It's an elite name. I could say Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa every week for a couple of years before I started getting sick of it. <laughs> All right. My last award of the week, Mike. The Blowout of the Week Award. It's a lot of competition for this one, Jim. It was a bad week of football. It really was. It's a like, bad week. How many games were actually competitive going into the fourth quarter this week? Oh, my God. I'm glad you asked. It didn't take place on Saturday. Go ahead. Can I, uh, can I read you off every game that was a multiple point? win for a team i would love it if you did raiders chargers Colts, steelers lions broncos dolphins jets tampa bay green bay chiefs patriots niners cards bills cowboys ravens jags shout outs honorable mention to the commies rams where technically it was an eight-point game but Mm -hmm. that involved two touchdowns from deep throws from jacoby Brissett to uh to terry mclaurin with less than eight minutes left in the game so uh, that doesn't really count. But that is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games mm-hmm. that were either multiple score games or should have been multiple score games. But, like, I'm giving this one out. I'm giving it to the Dolphins-Jets games. That is a full shutout, brother. Mm-hmm. Jets score zero points. Dolphins score 30. I know there were bigger blowouts. I know there was games that you could tune out of faster. But I'm get, this week, Dolphins-Jets wins the Blowout of the Week award in a, a, a stiff competition week. 
Well, they won their game too, but I mean, in a week where the Panthers put up nine points, putting up zero against any defense is pretty embarrassing. Tell me Trevor Simeon, not the answer at QB. No, I was I was hoping that they would bring resign uh Boyle on Monday. <laughs> hey, Boyle, where are you and how quick can you get to Miami? He goes, Oh, I'm already here. I was working at the subway here. <laughs> you want a foot long on my way in? Yeah. I get one per shift. Yeah. Well, the good news for them is they get Aaron Rodgers back next week. So Oh my god. My award for the pretentious douchebag of the week goes to, once again, for the 4,000th week in a row, Aaron Rodgers. You know, because of Dallas's loss yesterday, the 49ers and uh, Eagles have now secured a playoff spot. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. Also, just running out of some news, J.C. Jackson was just not at the Chiefs game. At the Patriots-Chiefs game. Just wasn't there. No one knows yeah. why. His agent tweeted out that it was because of a mental health reason, but no one really has any information on it. Bill Belichick in the post game was like, I'm not telling you guys anything. So, uh, how the mighty have fallen, I guess you can ask Belichick just like an innocuous question about like, Oh, what do you think of like this decision that you made? And he won't give you anything on that. So why do you think he would give you any information on like a personal issue about a player? It's a fair point. Yeah. It's a fair point. And the Steelers' cat, with, who had the uh, illegal hit on Michael Pittman, is also suspended the rest of the season. Oh, wow. So there you go. That's, uh, that's kind of the, the news roundup for football this week. Mike, you got any more thoughts on, on week 15 of the NFL action? No, not, not a, a great week competition-wise. So. Not a great week competition-wise. What do you think? You think uh, it'll redeem itself tonight, Philly-Seattle? I think that final score can be like 68 to 61? I Philly should win this game handily, but then part of me also wants them to lose very badly. <laughs> Why? I don't know, because fuck the Eagles. Damn, fuck the Eagles. You just hate Sir- Sirianni. You see? Uh, wait, okay, talk about news that we didn't talk about. Did you see that they switched from Sean Desai, defensive coordinator, to Matt Patricia and just didn't tell anyone until, like, Friday? The Eagles? The Eagles. Matt Patricia is now the Eagles defensive coordinator. Yeah, I had no idea about that. That's also a pretty questioning decision, but all power to you, bud. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. I hope that they, they come out on Tuesday. Like, they, they like narrowly win this game or, or lose this game. And they come out on Tuesday and go, all right, didn't work out with Matt Patricia as defensive coordinator. We're switching him to offensive coordinator. Nick Sirianni will call the special teams now. Jalen Hurts yeah. will call the defense. It, it didn't work out. We signed this kid who's uh, out there named Brandon Staley. He's going to come in and run the defense for the rest of the year. Uh, all right. You want to you do plugs? Get out of here. Yeah. Follow me at Townal and Mike. Um, hopefully I get something out this week. I don't know any more people, and I don't want to continue to lie to you and promise something on a certain day. So follow Adam. I'll let you know if I actually am productive for once in my life. There you go. Uh, we got, uh, got uh, one of those fucking wrestling articles coming out this week, right? Next week. All right. Never mind. Follow me at Talon and Adam. That's where you uh, you want to follow if you want to know what stuff we are posting online. That's every Monday and Thursday we post this podcast, the Town Alone podcast, where we talk football. Every Saturday we post the Basky podcast, where we talk about basketball and hockey. Programming note, we will have a Basky podcast up next week. We will not have a Monday edition of this podcast because we will both be out of town and it'll be Christmas. Wait. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
You can also follow me to find when I update our League Pass watchability rankings, including blurbs, best League Pass games, and what the top 30 teams on League Pass are. It'd be kind of funny if I just did top 29 and admitted a team. It'd be a good call. It'd be a good, that'd be a good That'd bet. be a great way to really shame whatever team you left out. Yeah, which just about every week would be the Portland Trailblazers or the Detroit Pistons. Um, or you can also read me on Team Town Alone, where every week I go through and talk about one of the guys in the NFL that I really like, usually mixed in with some other stuff. Still uh, still in the process working on it. I got a big Lamar piece coming out. Probably Lamar Zay Flowers. Got some Kyle Hamilton that I want to talk about. Just the Ravens. Mm. Expect, mm. expect some Ravens talk. Kyle Hamilton, baby. <laughs> mm. And with that, Mike, I think uh, we're about to ready to get out of here. You want to shout out the MVP this week? I thought we didn't like him anymore. <laughs> Minus 200, baby. The Yak King. Balls deep rock. <laughs>